Today's interview is going to be amazing. My guest today is certified in the area of mental health, and he is going to help us master the mental game of trading. He's helped so many traders elevate their game and go to the next level. He is a trading coach. He is a author. And today he is going to drop some nuggets on us that's going to help us with our psychology. I don't know if you're excited, but I'm super excited. This is going to be a good one. And we're going to get started right after thanking our sponsor. $173,597. That's how much Funded Trading Plus paid one Forex trader just last year. Since taking the industry by storm in 2022, they paid out millions of dollars to their funded traders, and there's no reason why you can't become the next big success story. Listen, traders, if you're ready to level up and get funded, this is the prop firm for you. Their programs have payouts within three days, no time limits on all challenges, and guess what? you get up to 90% profit splits. On top of all of this, they offer an achievable scaling plan where you can take your funding all the way up to $2.5 million. Listen, guys, make 2023 your best year ever with Funded Trading Plus. For more information on getting funded as well as getting 10% off your next challenge, use coupon code PODCAST at FundedTradingPlus.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Forex Beginner Podcast with Calvin the New Trader. On this podcast, you'll get daily motivation, encouragement, and Forex trading tips as Calvin the New Trader shares his journey with you. What's going on, Jared? How are you? Man? Hey, Calvin. Good to, good to see you. Good to be here. As I told Jared offline, uh, Jared is the author of The Mental Game of Trading. It is one of the books that is in my top three. Um, the other two are older books, which were written decades ago, as I shared with him. So I told him he's doing something very, very right in this space. So talk to us about the book, uh, what inspired the book, and what have you been able to accomplish in terms of helping traders through the book? Yeah, so I mean, the book is a byproduct of roughly nine years of work with traders, uh, now, I'm not a trader myself, right? I started coaching golfers and then I transitioned to poker when professional poker players started kind of knocking on my door. Uh, then I worked in esports as well. And so, in my nine years working with traders, I kind of became almost like a sociologist where I came and studied, you know, all of you and understood the way in which you think, the way you talk about the main problems that you have. And I think the book really tries to uh, crack the biggest problems that traders face and provide a system to be able to not just solve them, but really solve kind of any major mental and emotional issue you're facing, uh, you know, in trying to perform. And that system is, is one that applies to golfers and to poker players and to esport athletes and to really any endeavor, because it, it's it, the fundamentals of it are based on how the human brain is wired and the rules that we kind of have to play by. And a lot of traders, much like you know, other people, they don't know the basic rules. And so there are expectations that you have about, you know, controlling your emotions in lots of situations when you wrote, you don't really even understand how to do that properly. Most people try to 
control their emotions far too late. Their emotions are way overactive and the brain is not really designed to uh, counteract that in that way. So there's, you know, a system that I lay out in the book that helps you to better understand how to get to the root of the, of, of what's causing your emotions, how to actually defend and correct them in real time so that you can avoid the greed, the FOMO, the revenge trading, the overconfidence that really plagues a lot of the, the big issues that traders face. And so, yeah, there's, there's 16 traders that are, are kind of featured in the book. They're traders just like, you know, all of you, you know, some are very beginners, some are, are more experienced, but, you know, I think one of the things I, I've appreciated the most about the feedback I've gotten about the book is that so many people kind of feel like they, that I'm like in, in their head and I'm talking to them because again, while, while everybody's kind of different, the issues that you all face, you know, really can get it, get grouped into these clusters and, and, you know, there's just not that many ways in which you experience them because trading's not that complicated. So, you know, yeah, the book try to capture is, you know, the vast majority of the issues that, that most traders face. It's a great book, guys. I definitely, I stumbled upon it through Audible and I was like, hmm, I never seen this one. And so I'm like, man, this is really, really good. And the case studies were <laughs> really, really relatable. So it's really, really a good read. Um, so Talk to me, what are some of the key similarities that you've seen from working with golfers to poker players and now traders? What are some of the key, um, if you could sum it up into like three things that you noticed that were the same between those three industries? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all people first, right? We're people doing these things. So I think the key similarities is that the traits that make up the greats are the same across the board, right? You've got to have a love for what you do. You got to have a passion for what you do because that's going to drive you to take those extra steps, put in the extra hours. And I think, you know, different from golf, uh, but poker is, is quite similar. You know, all you need is money to play, right? If I want to play in a PGA Tour event, I, I can't do it. I mean, as good as a golfer as I am, I mean, it would take an incredible amount of luck for me to shoot a score that would allow me to qualify for a PGA Tour event. But I can play in the World Series of Poker main event. I, all I need is ten thousand dollars. I can go in and start trading forex. All I need is a little bit of capital. Sometimes not even that, right? You know, just find a an account was and and trade on some. Right? So bottom line is like there are no barriers to entry to get into the most industry in the world, and that is quite telling because I think a lot of traders kind of show up unprepared to deal with the natural intensity that that this environment brings, whereas you know, golfers, other athletes, stage performers, people in performance environments oftentimes kind of had to go through many phases of their lives, you know, whether it be, let's say, playing Little League baseball, you know, AAU basketball. I mean, there's just, there's a, a way of conditioning yourself to that, to those environments that tends not to happen in trading, right? People kind of come from a nine to five job, you know, they, maybe they were a soured employee, maybe they were, they were an, an entrepreneur, but, you know, in those endeavors, you have so much more control. Right, golf, poker, and trading have some of the most variance, some of the most luck that's involved in the short term of any of these games. So the the, the necessity to be able to to handle that that the variance is really really challenging, and I think that's one of the main reasons why traders, poker players, sometimes golfers have a have a hard time dealing with that the luck factor in the short term. It's just it's out of your hands, and when you come from an environment where you know you had more control learning how to deal with these uncontrollables and it's your money on the line day in and day out. It's, it can really cause your mind to explode 
and it sort of forces the mental game to be an even bigger factor uh, for, for kind of preparing you. Um, so that, that, and then, you know, kind of along, along those lines, you know, poker players and traders, they have to be great losers. And I don't mean that you're great at losing money. I mean, you're great at handling losses. Right. And so, you know, yeah. Okay. So we grow up learning, right. You need to be able to kind of lose and and be a good sport. And, and, but when it's your money on the line, you know, it, it, it sort of demands a level of proficiency and performance that a lot of other, you know, and environments don't really allow for, uh, or, or give you more kind of wiggle room. Uh, you know, here, if you're not losing correctly, you are going to lose a lot more and a lot more faster. Uh, so I think those are kind of the big ones that I think are, are kind of the parallels here. Would losing be probably one of the biggest issues that you've seen with more of the clients that you've dealt with that were kind of newer to trading? I'd say it's the biggest, most obvious problem to work on. But truthfully, I want to actually call out the fact that overconfidence is a bigger problem because it's hidden, right? So if we look across society, at least in the Western world, Mm -hmm. uh, around 70 to 75% of people think that they have above average IQ, think they have above average sense of, uh, you know, level of attractiveness or sense of humor, so by and large, people are overconfident by a default. And so you bring that into trading and you bring, you know, a, a, a week or two where you've actually made money, uh, made outsized returns because, you know, <laughs> you have no sense of risk management. So all of a sudden you, you know, quintuple your account in four weeks. And all of a sudden you're thinking, you got this, this is easy. And it's just going to be like this forever. Like, why wouldn't I do that? And, and and it's so dangerous, right? To have like the overconfidence is dangerous, mostly because it's hidden, and mostly because a lot of us aren't even aware that it's occurring. We're not aware of the warning signs, you know. So yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest problem because it's hidden. But yeah, dealing with losses and all that comes with it is by far the most dramatic problem I deal with. Whether it's the fear that comes with it, whether it's the FOMO, right? Sometimes you don't actually even have to lose money to react to losing, right? If you miss a position that you should have gotten into, right? And it, and, and it was it was like one of those, you know, home runs of the day or home runs of the week. Now it feels like you lost that money and you're going to have the same reaction as if you actually lost it. You know, revenge trading is a big one. You're going to lose confidence. Um, you know, desperation tilt, kind of the biggest, you know, it's like where you kind of get to the the efforts. I don't know how how PC we want to get here with, uh, with, with language, but, you know, the efforts are the, <laughs> the biggest brackets. You get to a point where you're you're down, you know, sixty percent to your daily loss limit, and you're just like, "F it, I'm going to throw the other forty percent in on this kind of hail mary and just like hoping to get lucky." And look, I mean, if you're doing that, you are giving up a lot of control. Uh, hope is is dangerous in trading. Um, in the book, I actually say "F hope" quite literally because it's it has no place in performance. Right? You you need to be in command and control and hope is an emotion connected to things outside of your control, right? It's perfect to hope for things beyond our control. There's a lot in this world that's, that fits in that category, but everything within trading is it is within your purview. And if it's not, and you think that it is, then that is really dangerous because, you know, let's just say you strike lightning in a bottle and you make a million dollars this year. Amazing. What's going to happen 2024? 
I mean, so many people don't think about what's next, right? They think about making money. They don't think about preserving it and then building it and growing it. And that's kind of like an athlete who, like a PGA Tour player that just wants to win a PGA Tour event, but they don't think about what's going to happen next. And then they never win again, right? Or the athletes, right? The kind of, or like the the musicians, the the, the one hit wonders, right? It, to build a career as a trader demands a lot of skill. And that skill is really implied in how you handle losing and how you handle a lot of these situations that are really, really challenging. But, you know, if you kind of check all the boxes off, right, that's how you develop, you know, the kind of command and skill that's necessary. Wow. You just said a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just said a lot. So obviously we can't be overconfident, right? But at the same time, you can't be timid and make money. So where... Where is that fine line that we need to be at in order to sustain growth over time as traders? So I'll say it in two ways. Um, so one, um, if if this conference confidence was on a spectrum from zero to 100, zero was no confidence. 100 was as overconfident and blind delusional as you can imagine. Right. 50 would be the theoretical ideal. But I want you at 51. Okay. And I want you at 51 because it's impossible to know exactly kind of what your skills are at any one moment in trading, right? The feedback is not accurate enough. It's not, this isn't chess, right? You can't know your skill perfectly. So let's just assume it's slightly better. Okay. So you're pushing, pushing maybe some edges that, that would be appropriate, but you can't go too far. Now, the other way that I'd say it is that to find that balance, right? Because for a lot of traders, it is you feel like a yo-yo, right? And, and a lot of times your, your confidence is like fused with your P&L. Making money, you feel great. Losing money, you feel bad. What we want is something that's more stable. And, and that's why I call it in the book, I call it stable confidence. That's, that's what we're after. And when you have stable confidence, it means that your emotions, right? Your skills are far more connected uh, to your performance, to your day-to-day -day actual execution, to your decision-making process, to the things that you have control and less on money and P&L in the short term. Now, in the long term, yeah, it needs to be connected to money. It needs to be connected. I don't want you to be delusional thinking, oh yeah, I'm trading great. And meanwhile, you're losing a ton. Right? But to have stable confidence allows you to kind of handle the, the swirling storm and chaos that you know trading is. It's like anchoring your something, anchoring yourself in the middle of a, of a tornado or a hurricane like that. That's what trading kind of is like during the day. Like, I mean, it's so fast moving. If you're not able to hold yourself and ground yourself in something solid, then, then you're going to get swept up with it at some point in time. And that's what stable confidence is all about. And the more it is, the more you connect yourself to what you have control of, to your skill set, to your execution, to your decision-making, you know, it, it sort of by default allows you to, um, focus on the right things and less on the on the short term kind of fluctuations in PL. We're seeing a lot of social media trader influencers. Like have you seen negative or good effects with social media and trading? So I, I haven't worked with a lot of clients that are trading, you know, kind of live uh, on air. Um, I've worked with, you know, poker players and esport athletes who are doing that. You know, and and it is a skill in itself to be able to kind of do two things at once. You have if you're going to do that you have to be able to recognize that there are two skills that you're trying to hone. One is you're an, you're a, you are an entertainer and two, you are a trader. And, and sometimes those, that, that kind of interface can be 
distracting. So it's just another skill set to develop um, from a like a wanting to prove yourself standpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's traders want to prove themselves in, in whatever kind of way that means for them. Some they want to leave a job. Others they want to create a nice side income. For some, they want to be one of the best in the world. And so whatever you're kind of trying to prove to yourself, uh, there are, I think like the biggest danger in that is, is not really understanding kind of the road that it's going to take to get there uh, and, and having too much, what we'll say, kind of macro impatience, right? There can be the micro impatience with this particular trade and not kind of waiting for your setup. And then there's the macro of like wanting to kind of get to those next big outcomes in your career, you know, getting funded, being able to, you know, have a, you know, a $10,000 account you can trade or, you know, sizing up in terms of number of contracts you're trading. Uh, But all those points, right. You know, in my, in my experience, impatience is really mostly a byproduct of not firmly understanding the road that you've got to go through. And many traders are very impatient about their missteps. So they they kind of uh, infuse those, those mistakes, those setbacks, those blown accounts. They view them as failures. They view them as big mistakes. And, and there's a lot of pain and self-criticism and anxiety and loss of confidence. There's a lot of chaos around that when really what you want to be baking into it is a lot of curiosity. You know, the, the phrase I like to use is, you know, be a detective, not a dick, right? Try to understand more about why those things are happening, right? What's what's at the root of your emotions? What's at the root of, you know, some of the impatience? Uh, and 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 if you get to that, then you're going to understand why those mistakes and failures have happened, and then you'll have a chance of correcting it. Because otherwise, it's just not like trading is too complicated to just say don't do that, right? Do this all the time. If you're continually making the same mistake again and again and again, you do not understand why that mistake is happening and your attempts to fix it are basically gambling.